0: Hey there, we're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay.
1: We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through.
2: We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person.
0: This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101.
1: Hello, and welcome to our very first episode of Real Teaching 101. This is the podcast where we discuss everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. I'm Megan, and I'm joined as always with my awesome co-hosts and friends, Lauren and Lindsay. Hi, friends. Hi, friends. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So why don't we introduce ourselves to the listeners, and we'll kick off our little water cooler chit-chat. So Lauren, why don't you take it away? I'm Lauren.
0: It's so lovely to have all of these listeners here. I've been teaching for 13 years, which makes me a teacher teenager, <laughs> which puts me in teacher teenager attitude mindset. I've taught mostly middle school, although I've taught as young as third grade, and that's about as low as I go. I'm one of those teachers who dresses up for fun, not on a spirit week, <laughs> and I believe in kids' Getting as much out of their day as possible while being as out of the box as possible and a little bit subversive, I think.
1: That would be me. I love that. And with your permission, I'm stealing your teacher teenage attitude. This is Megan, and this is my 12th year teaching. So I guess I fall into a tween under Lauren's thought process, but I'd like to very much claim that teenage attitude. I teach the little kids who Lauren refers to as always looking like they're sticky and that they have jam hands. Because so, they are. I mean, you're not wrong. You would be surprised the amount of times someone asks me to smell their hand oh. with no, no other information. Just smell my hand. Is that like the first grade equivalent of pull my finger? I don't think they mean it in a mean way. I think they're like, huh, my hand smells interesting. Let me get a second opinion on this hand smell. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I teach first grade. I'm all about kind of developing that whole child. It's not just about academics. There's so much more that kind of goes into them. How about you, Lindsay?
2: Well, if you are both a tween and a teenager, I would be a toddler. (laughs) This will be my third year teaching, second year in middle school. My mindset around teaching is really getting the kids involved in their learning and putting a lot of accountability on them. I think that's a missing piece in education where we help track all of their progress the parents are really involved, but the kids are missing their accountability. So I really put that back on them and allow them to track their work. Because I teach math, I think I'm really committed to trying to get rid of this math anxiety that students feel and learn at such a young age that they're just bad at math. Really, that's one of my big pushes is to try to overcome that with like a growth mindset. That's where I'm at in my toddler stumbling around, running into walls, figuring out that the world is not as fun as I thought. I think we're on to something with this whole
1: teacher age bit. There's nothing scarier to me than the thought of middle school and math. So more power to (laughs) you. (laughs) Well, thank you. Now that we have like our little introductions, I thought maybe before we keep going, should we maybe give people an idea what our inspiration was for creating our podcast? I think that is the most brilliant idea. When I think about Real Teaching 101 was our brainchild from all of our conversations about, I like that we were thinking shared drama, but I was trying to make it a more positive thing than that. So many things that we're not taught In any type of teacher prep program, it's just stuff that either another teacher has taught me or things that like I've really learned the hard way, just kind of like, you know, thrown into the classroom. So there are so many things that I feel like should really be a real class, like communicating with parents and how to stretch your 10 month paycheck to pay over the summer months, so many things that end up being a way bigger part of your life than you would be made to believe just in like a teacher prep Program.
0: I think that that's really true. And I totally agree with that. And I also come from the mindset of teaching is like a quiet thing. Like everybody thinks they know everything about teaching. And then you meet a teacher and you hear what their experience is like. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. So I think this is also a vessel for teachers to have more of a say in what their career looks like and to hear that other teachers are going through the exact same thing and to feel community and empowerment through the conversations that we have, knowing that there's three teacher advocates who have been where they are, know what they're going through and totally want to see them
2: succeed. For me, Real Teaching 101 is that space where I can go and we can talk and I can be honest and real without the fear of, If I have to ask how to answer this parent email, I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. So to hear other teachers give advice and their experiences, I think is going to be really invaluable to the teacher community. Absolutely.
1: And I love, Lauren, that you mentioned the teacher advocates too, because I feel so strongly about that. And teachers need somebody to stand up for them. And I think we'll kind of get into that a lot. And like you guys said, it's just going to be nice to know that you're not alone. We're not alone. We're all kind of experiencing the same thing. And then I think we're really trying to kind of put a positive spin on things because it is so easy to just kind of commiserate with each other. I mean, we talked for 30 minutes before we started recording and it'll just kind of be nice like we're going to try to end with like positive tips like action items you know in true teacher fashion we're going to stick with giving you some type of homework or exit ticket overall just kind of improve the current situation not 10 years down the road who are we hoping to serve
2: i think our audience is truly teachers across the world these experiences aren't unique to us we all deal with parents we all deal with students we all deal with administrators so to really bring together this community of shared experiences, advice, helpful tips. Our target audience is really those people who are in the field with us doing the work.
1: Absolutely, I love that answer.
2: Lauren? I would say also the people who
0: you know that you know, but you don't actually know that you know them. <laughs> I don't know every teacher everywhere but I also know that they're doing a heck of a job. They're trying their absolute hardest and they go home feeling tired. And there are some days when they don't want to wake up in the morning and go, but they do it because they know it is a valuable and important job. I would say our audience is for, like Lindsay said, all of the people who are doing the this hard, unprecedented, super valuable work.
2: And if parents and administrators join in and learn something from it too, we'll take that. Well, in true teacher form, kiss your brains, both of you. Those were excellent
1: answers. I love that. So maybe let's take a quick little break and then we'll come back and talk about our main topic. All right, welcome back, everybody. And we'll get into this week's topic, which is Teacher Appreciation Week. I have a brief little history here for you guys. So Teacher Appreciation Week originally started in 1953 with credit going to Eleanor Roosevelt for convincing Congress that such a day was needed. History is a little unclear with crediting which states actually contacted Mrs. Roosevelt asking for her help. And then even with her help, it still took 27 years to finally become a national day. And I'm sorry, but that little tidbit of info was like, of course it did. National Teacher Day was celebrated on March 7th until 1984, when it was moved to May with the help of the national PTA it became a full week. And then some oddities still exist. So like certain states, I want to say it's like New Hampshire, somebody does it in June. So there's a few things out there that are a little bit different. But for the most part, everybody has the, the same teacher appreciation week. I thought we could share some of our experiences. And we'll just do like a quick maybe what was the best and or worst appreciation gift you ever got?
2: In my relatively new experience in teaching, my best teacher appreciation gift Hands down, was a student email that they took the time to write me and tell me how much I had helped them this last year and that they wanted to stay in contact with me as they moved on to the next grade level. That really meant a lot to me because it meant I did something for that student. I really, mm-hmm. you know, I really helped them through something. And so it wasn't money, it wasn't anything like that. That interaction really you know, stuck with me and I think will always stay with me. And it was such a small token of her time. My worst gift ever was probably a student who walked in with packages of paper, lined paper, and a Mm -hmm. box of the number two pencils that you have to sharpen yourself and said, this is for my mom. Well, mine
0: happens to be kind of wrapped up in the same experience. Oh, So One teacher appreciation week, this one child handmade me a poster. You know, things like poster boards you buy at Office Depot for your presentation that you have to do. And she filled it with so many lovely things about me, words that I say, things that she was grateful for. I'm going to get a little teary-eyed thinking about it. It's one of those things that like you keep because it is so meaningful. And so I teared up and I was very, very appreciated. Another child in the same grade level heard about me getting teary-eyed and on the same day walks into my class and says, I heard you had a nervous breakdown this morning. It was like, oh, I'm not human. It was one of those feelings of like, you clearly do not like me. Mm -hmm. And all of the work that I do for you is completely lost on you. It's not a gift. But I think that is also representative of like the people who don't give you anything who Mm
1: -hmm. just let teacher appreciation week go by. And I love that right away, both of you talked about something homemade from the students, because every teacher I have ever talked to on this topic would say the exact same thing. This year for Christmas, two of my kids made homemade cards. And they used their like little best guess spelling and they were just the most adorable things. I took pictures of both of them and then hung them up with all my other Christmas cards in my house. I just loved them so much. And so I think that it kind of makes a really good point where when it comes down to it, like we're not looking for the gift cards, the this, the that. Those things are great. Don't get me wrong. One time I had a parent give me a wrapped box of a 12 pack of straw burritos. Have you guys ever had the strawberry? Oh, I've had strawberry. Yes. Who has so it? she she wrapped them and then also cut out the like little finger holes. You know how you can hold the top, and that was a gift that I loved to the very last drop. Mm-hmm. So I mean, gifts are very nice and you know very much appreciated. But I love that right away. The first thing that you guys both thought about was just when someone takes the time to, whether you know, an email, a note, or anything that just kind of says thank you. So let me tell you guys, like when I was kind of researching some of the things I thought we could talk about today, it got real dark real fast. You know, there's one side of the internet that it's like, oh, teacher appreciation, like ideas, which super cute. I had a mom do like a whole nacho themed thing. And she called it like nacho average teacher. So I mean, people do really kind, creative creative things. But man, let me tell you, the other side of the internet that I came across was just so difficult as a teacher to be reading. And a lot of it were um, threads or kind of blog posts with like question, you know, how people can make comments and their child was going to like a private school saying, I already paid tuition. You know, the PTO asked everybody to give $5 so we could do like, it was something like a lunch or something for the teachers. They should be appreciated by the money that I pay for tuition. And we don't get just,
0: that money parent it, who is saying that it pays for the school facility and does not go into
1: my pocket and you are not paying anything. Exactly. And I wanted as somebody who's taught in uh, religious parochial schools, where on average, my salary was $20,000 below the same teachers in the county district that I was in. I think that's a huge misunderstanding. And a lot truly were from parents whose children were going to public schools too. So kind of the same thing like, well, the teachers already get paid. It's their job. Why are we having to to appreciate them? And it made me start thinking about all of the other people that work in like a service industry, people who work in restaurants or salons where it is customary, at least in the United States, to tip that person for their work. So my hairdresser, who's glorious and lovely, yeah, she gets paid to be there as well. I always happily tip her because she does such a nice job and really takes her time and makes me feel so awesome while I'm there. And so I think it comes down to being about the actual appreciation.
2: People believe they're entitled to this education by these teachers that are very educated, who are mostly master's level professionals, and don't look at it as, oh, why would I pay extra for something I should be getting anyway? You tip Mm -hmm. servers because they give you good service. You tip a hairdresser or a manicurist because you enjoy the product that they do for you. No matter how much students are getting from us, parents don't see it as a service rendered. They just see it as, well, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what the kids are supposed to do. Why would I give extra for that?
0: Can I bring up this thing about service? because I hear it a lot as a teacher, is, but teachers give customer service. You deal with customers, you've got to smile, you deal with that level of the industry. So if we're looking at it from that lens, I think it's also kind of BS that we're not giving the same considerations that you mm-hmm. would give actually somebody in the customer service industry. And don't get me wrong, the customer service industry is incredibly challenging and anybody who works in that deserves a special place in heaven.
1: Yeah, it it comes down to literally being able to feel appreciated. And the reason why we even need to have... This week dedicated to this thing that only some people choose to acknowledge is because as again, I can only speak for the United States, but as a country, we do not appreciate the teachers like you said, most have multiple degrees or certification in different topics, most are working over their contracted hours and as sad as it is to say a lot of kind of teeter on that poverty line in many states because they are not making the money that they should for the amount of work that goes into it the other part that when i was kind of researching that came up a bunch was all the things that companies do for teacher appreciation i want to say i think it's chipotle they do like a free burrito or something and like yeah. duncan i know does coffee all great things and don't get me wrong you know at Dunkin' donuts i am that first person in line <laughs> (laughs) So there's that. But it kind of got me thinking like, why do even these companies have to do that? Is it more of like a a marketing thing for them because teachers make up such a large part of the population? Or is it truly because who knows, maybe somebody in their CEO position had a mom who was a teacher once upon a time. If I went out and asked all of the teachers and I said, would you rather have a teacher appreciation week where, you know, maybe we get a luncheon and some gift cards, or would you rather be paid a livable wage that is on the same level of other people? who have the same education
2: experience, years experience, which one would you pick? What do you think people are going to say? I would say they could cancel (laughs) Teacher Appreciation Week if they decide to bump my salary next year. That's fine with me.
0: If you have a Teacher Appreciation Week or a whatever Appreciation Week, I know like EMS workers have EMS Mm -hmm. Appreciation Week. I also think of Secretary's Day. When I hear those things, it's like, you must not be getting what you need if you have to have a whole week or a day
1: for that thing. That person's job must be so vital and important that you know, truly, they should be shown this appreciation every day. But again, it's almost like we're all acknowledging like, oh, we know that you're good. And we should be appreciating you. We also know that we don't. Here's this week for you guys in May. And that should make up for the fact that we receive threatening emails or people telling us that they're going to come up and beat us up and you know, all the other glorious things that teachers deal with that I think many people would not even know is on our daily routine. And I can't speak for everybody in the service industry, but it's just you get to a point where it's like, why are we even doing this? People can just be so nasty. In my opinion, I don't think one week makes up for all the awful things that we experience. And I'd be totally happy to give up teacher appreciation week and just be paid and respected. I actually surveyed all of my friends on Instagram once asking them, how many times a day are you talked down to? Or does someone treat you in in a, a rude way or kind of a mean way in your professional experience? I have 280 some people and everybody was like, never, never. Or one person was like, that would never happen. We would go to HR. Two people responded to me saying, yeah, maybe like once a week or something something like that. They were both nurses, which I think makes sense. So maybe the bigger problem is that we don't appreciate anybody, truly. And maybe we shouldn't have to have any of the days like you mentioned.
0: Yes, totally and completely. And it comes down to a very well-placed thank you, is all. Thank you for a great lesson. Thank you for helping me tie my shoes. Thank you for something. But those are the two most powerful words I think anybody can hear because it's kind and genuine.
2: I think it's just knowing that you were thought of that week. Teacher Appreciation Week is not something that isn't advertised. So parents know when Teacher Appreciation Week is. And just the thought to have your kids sit down and write a thank you note. I think
0: too, from a business standpoint, Like, don't they always talk about leadership and appreciative leadership and how when you feel appreciated? I know I use that word a few Mm -hmm. times and the English teacher in me is cringing because of the repetitive nature. However, (laughs) when you've got that reciprocity of positivity, people work harder for you and they want to be there for you. So – it's not a saying, nobody likes us. Oh my God. It's also the thing of, well, in turn, what am I getting out of this? If I'm just getting emails and I'm being told all of the things that I'm doing wrong and none of the things that I'm doing right, why do I want to be here for this job?
1: You know, and I can't speak for every teacher, but I, I think as a whole, we are people who are very empathetic and very caring. And that is a big part of why you get into it. And even just seeing how much we just love a Carter and email. One of the big points I wanted to make with us talking about this today is we're not trying to act like we're not appreciating the people who do send in gifts. That is always super wonderful. And it is not required, which makes it so special when somebody does. But I think the point we're trying to make is why don't we change the whole system so it's not necessary? Eliminating a duty one day, things along those
0: lines are worthwhile because ultimately what you're giving people back is time. And that's something that teachers are lacking.
2: For me, I think it's even bigger than that. Making teaching not a profession that's so micromanaged. It's one of those professions where we are highly capable adults and we are micromanaged down to what is on your whiteboard every day when the students walk in. For me, the respect comes from the trusting me to do this job that I've been highly trained to do and to let me do it the way that's going to suit my students and not hold me under this microscope of, I need you to check all of these boxes every single day, otherwise you're not a good teacher. And just appreciating, I can do this job without you hovering. Well, and you know what's interesting, what both of you just mentioned, none of that costs money either. If we think about it
1: from that aspect, obviously, you know, teachers need to be paid more. And anybody who argues that, come and talk to me, we will have words. But what you said, like Lauren, like maybe somebody coming in and covering one of your duties, that would be Amazing. Maybe just an email going out saying, instead of a meeting today, here's like a few quick things I wanted to tell you guys. Use that time however you'd like, anything like that. I think a lot of people forget when they think about a teacher, they think, well, you've got 40 hours a week, just like everybody else. Do your work in 40 hours. Exactly. When I try to tell people, those 40 hours a week are spoken for, Mm -hmm. the children are in the room with me, I am doing the thing. I am teaching the children all of those other things, the emails, the grades, the report cards, not to mention any type of setting up my classroom or prepping for a project. All of that time comes from somewhere else whenever anybody says like, oh, do you have a break today? I always correct them. And I'm like, do you mean do I have a prep period today? Because I'm still working during that time. That is not a break. That just means I can do the thing that I can't do when there's 36-year-olds in the room. It's all still work. And so that gift of time is huge. Why don't we go ahead and take a little break and then we'll come back to our very first anti-PD. Hello, teacher friends. Welcome to what we are calling the
0: anti-PD section. We know you sit through icebreakers or classroom seating arrangements or sign-in sheets. We're not doing any of that here. Our anti-PD tips are the takeaways for this episode. What's worse than going to a PD that offers zero to your teacher life? No teacher appreciation? No problem.
2: We're gonna give you three ways to teacher appreciate yourself. So the tip you're getting from me, which this is Lindsay, I forgot you can't see my face. (laughs) Treat yourself to a treat, whether it's coffee before school, maybe coffee and some banana bread, whatever, a donut, maybe go after school, but treat yourself. We as teachers take care of everybody else first. It's okay to spend a little of that hard-earned money on yourself and just do something that makes you feel good, like something that you know that you've earned. Tip number two from me. Megan,
1: keep it minimal. I know you go above and beyond. You know you go above and beyond. But maybe this year you can just go. Remember, you are living through a global pandemic too. This school year won't look like any other and that's okay. So try not to stress over not including the extra fun art activity. It's okay if your class didn't solve an escape room in math. Dissect owl pellets or enjoy a classroom transformation. Those things are great, but not the priority. You educated your students using little to no resources and in the safest way you possibly could. That is more than enough.
0: Megan, are you going to take your own advice there?
1: <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. That's why I wrote it down to make me say it.
0: <laughs> it's adorable. I like it. It's Lauren, and I've got tip number three. Do something that's convenient for you. Yeah, you, the real teacher out there the one listening to this awesome podcast. We know who you are. We know you put others' needs before your own, and we know that you can be helpful at all times. But it's time for a change. So start with something small. Reschedule a meeting to a more convenient time for you. Don't overexplain in an email. You don't have to tutor that student or volunteer for that committee. This is the year, and this is the time to politely decline. I'm not available and need to reschedule. Thanks for thinking of me. The end. Seriously. We know it's easier said than done, but find something this week or anytime
2: that makes life easier for you. Those are three anti-PD tips for this week from your real teacher friends at Real Teaching 101, just to show yourself a little more self-appreciation.
1: Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us
0: on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101
2: at gmail.com. Thanks for listening today, and we'll see you next class.